Hey everybody, Michael here. Thanks for listening to this episode. It's just Kevin and I this week. Sorry to disappoint everybody. But we're going to catch up on turkey season, what's coming ahead for us, and just tackle some of the 101 tips that you can get better at turkey hunting on. Check this one out. You're listening to the Backwoods Life Podcast. Hold on. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Michael and Kevin are back, and you don't have a guest this week. You just get to listen to us ramble on about whatever. This week, you just get to guess what we're going to talk about. Exactly. I think right now we're going to talk about turkey calls, because Kevin and I were comparing turkey calls before we started recording here. You can go to backwoodslife.com or backwoodsstore.com and get you a Backwoods Life logo turkey call. By keep them strutting calls. Now, I don't know how this is going to sound through the waves of podcasting and YouTubing. But, Kevin, you can tell me because you can hear it better than I can. I'm just saying. I'm going to turn my volume down so turkeys don't come running in my door. Yeah, I would, don't open your door because they will come in right now. This is also a striker with a flared tip here by keep strutting calls. So, um, this, this is this – is, um, what is this one? Keep strut. This one it's a couple years old, or we may have got it last year or something. But either way, this they look the same and they sound. They probably these the new ones sound even better than this one. Now, I have not scratched this soundboard lately, so yeah, a little rough. Thank you. If I was a turkey, I would have gobbled. Gotta find a sweet spot. I got a flat spot where I've been. Not a kill turkey, man. It's uh, it's pretty loud. Wives everywhere right now are going, "Hey, stop it! Stop it!" And so for the, the turkey hunting amateurs, like I said, I don't have the, I don't have a scratch pad right here anywhere close by, so I can't rough this call up like it needs it because it needs a little more texture on it. I probably need to rip the striker down a little bit, but a little, little cluck. A little soft yelp like that. That's all you need to do. If you're turkey hunting and you're a beginning turkey hunter, if you'll learn how to do those two things right there, you can make a turkey gobble, can't you kid? That is exactly right. And I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, purring and clucking a lot. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> if you hunt with Kevin, it's going to be basically nonstop purring. You're going to hear a lot of this. I can't even hear that. It's so good. Barely. <laughs> So, you got to keep it quiet. Let's put, is... put it this way. If you hunt with Kevin, it's not going to hurt your ears. It's not going to be loud <laughs> enough for you to hear it two feet away. But a turkey can hear it, subsonic hearing that they have. So, anyway, I'm Michael Lee. This is Kevin Knight, and obviously, 
with Backwoods Life. This is our podcast episode number, I got it right this time, 46. Thank you. Hold your applause for the end of the show. At least four of those even Michael let me be on. Yeah, whatever, Kevin. <laughs> let you be on. Sometimes you don't know what you're doing until you figure it out. And hopefully we've figured it out now. So this, That's this right. whole this whole thing called technology. You know, Zoom got to be got to be a lot more friendlier when we had this pandemic, you know, a couple of years. So they Yeah, they had to figure out how to let about 50% of the workforce work from home. So Well, and have meetings and all that stuff. So we we, we jumped on the technology bandwagon so that we could actually do this thing now. So um, with all that being said, we thank everybody that listens and uh, we think Honestly, our podcast is really taking off, and Kevin, I even told you this, but we had, like, um, the podcast that just rolled out last week um, was with Jesse and Will from Retay, and that was our most listened to podcast to date. So, we've steadily grown, they knocked Cody Kelly off the pedestal of number one Backwoods Life podcast uh, viewer, listenership, I guess, so... um, with, with, with our buddy Scott from Horny Deer Sense coming in a close second there. So, oh, Lord, I got people walking in my office right now as I'm recording a podcast. So I really don't know what they're doing here. They're trespassers. So I guess they're coming here and looking at deer. So, all right, they're leaving now. That, that was fun. <laughs> Y'all come back now, you hear? So, anyway, that was... My wife and my mother-in-law, they didn't know I was doing this. I guess I should put a sign on the door, an office door. Recording says, in progress. Do not enter or you will be shot. So anyway. You so know, in TV studios, they have big red flashing lights. You need one of those. Well, I got an Antler King sign outside that's orange and it moves with the wind. Does that count as a flashing sign? Well, no, sometimes really. in some states. Well, anyway, with that being said, my mother-in-law just moved down here, uh, a week or so ago now to Valdosta and she lives about eight or nine miles from us and since she's moved down here and she stayed with us the first night or two because they were moving her stuff in and getting settled I, that's the first time I've seen her since she moved down here so maybe that's a that's a pattern the closer yeah. you live to somebody the less you see them <laughs> <laughs> well less, I mean it could all change in you know in a day she might be there every day now for the next week uh, she's been getting settled in, so I'll cut her some slack. But um, she usually she used to live outside of Atlanta, and God knows why anybody would want to live up there. I mean, I'm not knocking Atlanta, but I am at the same time because y'all got way too many people for us rednecks up there. It's just it's not a cool place for us. And but, not enough turkeys. Well, there's probably a lot of turkeys. We just don't know where they are. <laughs> we did turkey hunt by the air on the fly, flight pass at the airport, though. Remember that? That's true. Yep. And, by and Athens. Si- and, and since then, um, we have, uh, no, it's actually on the west side of Atlanta. Remember? Oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. And we were right there by the river and had, it was all that hide out our horse farm. You know, we were, in, and we were watching the, like literally we had to wait till the planes went by to land so we could turkey, run a turkey call. <laughs> that, that, remember that? That was how bad it was. Couldn't hear nothing, man. We got... 747s flying over the top of us, and we're trying to give a turkey gobble, and it doesn't really do good. But going by, was that a turkey gobble? Oh no! 
No, that was the the crapper on the plane flushing. I think it was the close. That was the landing gear. Yeah, something. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But so she moved from up there. She's down here now. So she gets to enjoy the slower pace of life. And um, anyway, now instead of her coming down and me cooking for her, hopefully she start cooking for me. I mean, some of that, you know, mom's cooking is always a little bit better than yours. For sure. I guarantee she comes up with some kind of craft project for y'all to work on. There ain't no y'all in them. <laughs> I'm not messing with none of that stuff. They can build whatever they want to. I'm, I'm doing good to keep up with backwoods life in general. Like, I feel like the more I get ahead, the further behind I get. And I don't know how to explain that. I don't think in, in 18 years we've been this busy. Yeah, I understand. And, you know, we're always trying to find new things to do, and I ain't sure when we're going to have time to do those. <laughs> I don't know. We're just trying to make a dollar like everybody else out there. But it seems like uh, since year one to year 18, we've had to make about 6,000 different moves, and the the wheelbarrow is getting fuller and the tire <laughs> air is getting lower. <laughs> and the people pushing it's getting older. There ain't no doubt about that. Every time I get up out of this chair, I'm like, oh, God, dog, this is terrible. Things pop and creak that didn't used to pop and creak. And I got like two years on Kevin, so whenever he catches up with me, which I hope is never, then he's going to feel worse than he does now. True fact. <laughs> so, But anyway, we're getting ready for turkey season, speaking of popping and cracking. Uh, we Kevin and I just got back, but uh, – What's today? Thursday? Uh, today's Thursday, yeah. We got we, we came on Tuesday. We were over at our hunting lease um, doing some maintenance work. And um, we we had, I will say this, no, without a doubt, and I can say this with 100% confidence, that is the best day of shed hunting or shed finding. I don't say we were hunting them kind of, but that's the best day of shed finding that I have ever been a part of in the state of Georgia. Well, and the uh, overall finding success to the time spent hunting was astronomical because we looked for about five minutes and we yep. caught we found all of what five sheds <laughs> we caught them i like how you said we that. caught them we, we caught, caught five sheds <laughs> the deer went running by. Right there, we, we, what kind of bait do you use to catch sheds food, same kind food, you do to catch deer antler king and and, and antler king right <laughs> yeah, that's right so yeah but we we um we went over to our our place and uh, just doing some maintenance. I mean, we we had we had some deer feeders that needed you know protein in them and stuff, and we need to move some corn feeders that weren't were empty out of the way, you know, so we're we're legal for turkey hunting. You know, trying to do all the all the right things, you know, before turkey season gets here. Doing some scouting and checking our spy point cameras and battery maintenance and just the stuff that we hadn't done in a month. So you know, um, trying to recover from from deer season being over now turkey season will be here in a couple of weeks but um you know we, we found i'd say well we didn't we well this, this we make this thing sound like we found like 40 sheds right we found five but that for south georgia that's a lot <laughs> and i would be willing to bet you you could i mean people i know for sure you could count probably on one hand no doubt two hands how many people have found five or more deer sheds in a day in georgia yeah, no doubt. And I took a picture, but the picture makes them look not nearly as impressive as they did in person. So. Those were, they're way bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But the thing with it now, you, you people don't realize how hard it is to find small deer down their sheds. Especially, I mean, an antler that's that big, yeah. that's just a little four point, gets covered up with dirt real easy in a food plot. Exactly. And we found uh, one, uh, like, it was literally at the bottom of a feeder. And we were walking up to the feeder, and Kevin goes, have you ever found a deer antler laying under a feeder? And I said, well, I can't remember that I can. And then there was one laying nope. under a feeder. <laughs> right there. Just like that. So, uh, and he wasn't big. It was like a little, well, a forker. That's what they call them in the Midwest, right? North. And I'm not even sure Boone and Crockett would recognize that as a forker, because... I'm not yeah. even sure they were t an inch long. No, he was He was definitely what in, in the south we call one side of a four-point. So it was a two-point <laughs> shed. And then we found, um, well, we found one that was, uh, I guess he had, what was the other one we found in that same food plot? Was that four on one side? Just small? That was two. Uh, yeah. Almost had drop time. Almost. He's going to have one this coming year. I, <laughs> right. I won't kill him just because he's got that big old drop time. No, it just it had a little nub. That, it, it could turn into a drop tie maybe, but uh, it had a little, little nub. We, we said, man, you're going to have a drop tie next year. But um, we found him, that one. And then we found actually the other side of that same buck in a different food plot, probably what, 600,000 yards away? I was going to say about 600 yards away, maybe 700 at the most. So, and that was just random because I said, Kevin, let's just ride through the middle of this food plot. And, and sure enough, we went five yards. I said, stop. There it is. Picked it up. Said it was like, that's the other side of that buck. I'm like, well, I guess it is. And I, I know, nobody can argue with that because I believe it is. And um, looked the same to me. And then we found one of our mature bucks uh, dropped an antler. We found it um, in one of the antler king plots. And then we found one more shed by a protein feeder. So this one of them, like everywhere we turn around, look at there. Look, we found one. And never happened again. Yeah, and we have had a couple pictures of a couple bucks still holding on to their antlers, but maybe they'll go drop them in the same place. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching a video. I think it was Heartland Bowhunter, one of them guys posted on Instagram a while ago. Uh, you know, they're walking through the oak hills with, you know, wide open deer trails and walk up to this big, big licking branch, and then there's two big sheds laying at the bottom of it. You know, a deer goes up there and knocks them off. That don't happen in Georgia much. Yeah, it must be nice. <laughs> yeah, if you can walk miles and miles in the woods in Georgia, and maybe you'll find one. Maybe. I mean, we we've honestly found we found those five, and last time we were over there, you and I both found a, a broken piece off of off of. I mean, the one I found was like two or three years old, and the one you found probably a year old. Um, I guess I don't remember. The one I found was fresh and new because it was in an Antler King food plot and. Uh, if sure, it had been, been there chopped up before it would have been broke yeah so we so we you know we found technically we found seven deer antlers and we've been over there twice in the last month so i mean you never know we, we could have a buck mecca over there well i mean while we were there michael said we're going to be in the wheeler county hall of fame over there for shed finding so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but i mean now let's put this in perspective though you can add all these antlers together and they might make 75 inches i mean they're just not, we're not if you're very them. generous when you're measuring they're, yeah they're not uh what we would call trophy bucks by any means but it does show we're holding some bucks on the property so that's there's always potential for the future and i'll say this now 
I don't know if you noticed it looking at this five point trail cam pictures, but I did pour out some minerals the other day at one of our spots. I, I did exactly what you, what it says on the bag, went in there and I raked out a spot, got some nice dark dirt right there, and I poured the minerals out. And that day they were deer and they're eating those minerals. Yep. So there you so go. So next year we might find a hundred inches of antler. I was gonna say eighty five. So that'd be, that'd be more right. Maybe that buck would go in there and lick it and get that drop time to be about two inches long. There you go. And that's another thing. Like what we're talking, we're all over the place on today's podcast. But I will say the um, one thing about deer having drop time and stuff like that, from my understanding and talking with, you know, Antler King guys and people that know deer nutrition, right now deer pretty much run down from rut and fall and winter and blah, blah, blah. Now, if you've got good food sources, some of their bodies are in good shape, but they're recovering right now. So they're hitting hitting back, uh, getting that body fat back built up, building that mass back. And that's our goal right now, to give them we, – we've started feeding our protein pellets and mixes. Um, we've, we've still got a little bit of corn out there in the diet, but we're – because one thing I did learn, and, and our buddy Mike McFerrin down in South Texas even agreed with this, cause, and they, they had, like, extensive management and feeding programs in Texas. If you just go in there and you switch from corn right to pellets or something, like, it sh- the deer shut down on it for a little while. It's almost like they got to reintroduce that into their diet. So we do it slowly with a corn pellet mixture. Yeah, this time of year we're kind of mixing it together. So they already had been coming to corn, so now they're getting some protein in with it. Right, and and you know what as I do by July we'll have them. I mean that should be straight protein pellets, and they're going to be wearing it out. And so, with all that being said, right now the does need food. They got they're pregnant. They got some fawns coming in a couple three months. Uh, the bucks are recovering. The antlers fell off. So guess what that means? The other ones are starting to grow already. So and you know talking about we've been having the protein pellets out there, but we also have a bunch of fall winter spring that all that cereal rye. It's been kind of dormant for all this cold weather. It's starting to spring back up too. Yep, and we've got some, you know, clover popping up and growing pretty decent in places. The deer have, have hammered that stuff so hard this winter. Um, and we had a, we got one acre, I'm sorry, one plot that's four acres, and we planted a, a diverse mix into that. Now we had some bad luck when we first planted it. I think it was a little bit dry on us for a little long, so we may have lost some seed on that. But man. Them radishes came through in the clutch, and the the deer. I, I and a month ago I was like, "There's no way they're gonna eat all these," but they ate all of them, which they're starting to mature and die off, you know, like radishes do. But there's still the that like now the warm weather's got all these other grasses and clovers shooting up, you know. So it's actually prime food plot growing season down here right now because the weather's warm and we got some rain lately. Yeah, we need to next trip over there. We got to spray a little clover fuel. It'll be, you know, temperatures are warming up a lot up north. They got to wait, you know, probably another month or two before they start seeing much clover growth. But down here, this time of year, it's going to start kicking off for us. Hey, they still got probably snow going on up north. Yeah, a lot ground, of places. Ground still frozen and, and all that. And you know, we're 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 adapting to what we're trying to find works best over there. This is our fourth or fifth year. So having that place. So we're dining in, trying to find the right combo to what works. And then we'll go back in probably sometime in May after turkey season's over uh, and, or when we get done turkey hunting over there and work on some 
winter, I'm mean, sorry, summer, summer, early, yep. early, early fall, late summer plots, and then we'll go in after that and our normal, you know, after game fall plots will go in and we'll just that cycle. And, and what we did, Kevin and I both, uh, they were riding around looking at the number of deer trails that are going through the property to those, those major food sources now. It's crazy at just the, the traffic that's there. Well, that's this time of year, you know, uh, it's down here in Florida where I live, all the vegetation's already starting to bust out, but up there, it still looks like winter for another week or two. And because there's no new vegetation everywhere that they've been walking regular trails is, is a lot more visible this time of year than other parts. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, here at my house, I mean, it's, it's green, greened up tremendously in a week and where we hunt it's a couple hours Northeast of here. So, uh, it's a little bit behind, but I mean, it, it, it'll be there. Next time we go over there, we're going to be like, wow, that, that changed a lot in a matter of days, really. But uh, those food sources are key. And then back to what I was saying, though, is all these food sources were contributing to getting their bodies back on track. And that's why we're putting the minerals out right now, too, because that's all part of building their bodies back up. And anything, once that deer has reached 100% of their gas tank full as a body, it's all going out the top of the buck. And that's, that's his antlers. Exactly. So anything extra that we're giving them, minerals, protein, whatever the case is, the, the and, and what builds bones? What, what do you, when you were a kid, what, drink your milk, that calcium, how do calcium, yep. how do calcium? So calcium, phosphorus, magnesium all go into, and there's something else, I forgot what it is, but there's something, it all goes together for bone growth. So now, once we got the fat back on them, like us, then we're going to grow antlers. If that's the case, I'm going to be about a 180 here pretty soon. More like a 250. Booner. Pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I said. That ship has sailed, so now I'm working on a rack. <laughs> yeah, we, we could only be so lucky that it goes that way and not, <laughs> not that other way. But, so, anyway, that's um, that's what we're up to. My wife just texted me and said, sorry, I didn't know you were doing a podcast. I said, me neither. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> but I'll text you back. So anyway, um, turkey season's coming. I know what, what's kind of crazy is our turkeys were really grouped up together um, even a month ago. And now, man, they're scattered big time. We got gobblers showing up here, gobblers over there, hens over here, hens over there. So now it's literally coming down to time to go turkey hunting. We're not going to hunt the cameras. We know the areas that they're in. Now let's just go and take our headphones off, put our Isotune sport ears in, and we can hear them juggers gobble. Yep. It uh, And actually, here where I live last weekend was youth season, so I already got a little taste of the turkey hunting, but the weather was horrible, so we ain't hit it right yet. I, and I hate to say it, but this weekend is not looking great. I mean, it's supposed to rain um, this weekend, so. Man, I hadn't even looked at the forecast. Why you got to go raining on my parade? Let let me me fold it up for you, buddy. Here we go. Drum roll, please. Let's see. In E-I-E-I-O, Florida, where Kevin lives. We're looking like, oh, it ain't good, buddy. You got a 23% chance of rain tomorrow, but you got an 80% chance on Saturday. 
with sun and thunderstorms. It says it's going to be pleasant. It ain't going to rain that much, though. But it is an 80% chance of rain with the wind blowing a little bit. It's better than last weekend. You said an 80% chance? That's what it says. Mine only says 39% chance. Well, depends on what time of day you're looking at, I guess. Huh. Oh, well. That chance still, of I, rain, 40%. I still think you can go turkey hunting, though. Well, I might have to do nothing but watch baseball for Saturday. We might have to reserve turkey hunting for Sunday. Okay. You can do that. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to start going. I'm going to go down. I'm coming down there Monday. Me and Big Mike. I'm going to go hunt next week. Well, this is actually looking pretty, pretty decent. You're going to try to get one of them Osceolas. Yeah, I don't I just shot a few, but I mean, really, uh, the reason that um, I'm really amped up about basically doing this is because Georgia doesn't start till a week later now. So, hello, Florida, here I come. I don't know if it's, yeah, I don't know if it's my internet or what, but it keeps dropping out. Yeah, it's got to be your internet. It's not my internet. Mine's fine. But doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> got to pay the bill. That's number, rule number one. So, um, But anyway, I'm headed down. Me and Big Mike, our buddy Chris Cooper, we're going to go down and see if we can shoot a skull Osceola next week. and Then we'll come back to Georgia and I got a week of working and then we're going to kick Georgia season off. Uh, we'll probably be at, at, well, either at our lease or I might go down the road from the house or might go to Lee Farm. Who knows? We'll go somewhere where some turkeys at and see if we can chirp one and squawk one up. Yeah, they took a week off the front end for us this year, so mm. we got to wait a little longer up there. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's why I'm going to Florida. Um, not that I don't want to go to Florida anyway, but it usually starts on the same weekend uh, in, for your part of Florida and up here. So it's kind of been a – well, it depends on what year it's been. Florida usually started a week earlier sometimes, same day sometimes. But now I don't think we have to ever worry about Florida starting the same day as Georgia anymore. I guess not. Yeah, the last several years seemed like it had been Florida open one Saturday, Georgia open the next Saturday, and that seemed real convenient. I mean, it did work pretty nicely, but anyway, we're going to go turkey hunting. It's that time of the year. And then um, we've got the invite right here on my desk, actually, to go to the Strut Masters Classic. I'm sorry, Strut Masters Championship up in LaGrange, North Carolina. Our good buddy John Tate sent us this invite, and uh, that's April uh, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, something like that, and it's basically a one-day hunt. So Kevin and I get to go try to kill two turkeys in one day and by 5 o'clock. No pressure. Well, and, you know, they score and judge that thing, and then they give away some prizes. So you might actually win something shooting a turkey. I just want to shoot a turkey. I, I don't need no prizes unless they're giving away, like, a million dollars in new trucks and stuff. But I don't think that's happening, but. I'm pretty I, sure I just, first price was. I think he said like fifteen thousand dollars. If it's fifteen dollars, that's great. I just want to shoot turkey. 
sure what it boils down to. This is, I want to shoot a turkey. I, I want to make a sound and hear have a turkey make his sound back at me. I do too. And when he's standing about thirty yards, and then I pull, blow his freaking head off. Oh, retay. Yes. Katow. Katow. Fried turkey and pecan pie. That'd be on the menu. That's right. If you ever drink Perrier carbonated mineral water and the strawberry flavor while you're doing a podcast, you do get the burps. I'm just letting you know. Is that what you were busting open a few minutes ago? We heard you pop a top. Yeah, it wasn't a beer. I know a lot of y'all thought that. I don't know. It's it's just healthy water, I guess. I don't know. My wife likes it with vodka. I guess that makes it less healthy. I don't know. Kevin's got a I'm drinking healthy water, too. Was it Mountain That's Dew water? What we call sweet tea. <laughs> yeah. Sweet tea. There you go, buddy. Oh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we got turkey season going to roll out, and that's that's the next couple of weeks we're going to be getting after them, and hopefully we can shoot some Florida turkeys, and then we can shoot some Georgia turkeys, and we can shoot some North Carolina turkeys, and get this thing off to a good start. We will be rolling out our backwoods beards episodes as we go, maybe may not be but five minutes long, but we're going to roll them out. So we'll be rolling those on YouTube <laughs> and Facebook and Instagram and Roku and blah, 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 blah. Everything out there. Vimeo. Right, Mr. Producer, man? Yeah, you rolled out a... Yep, you rolled out a Kansas one the other day. and There's a Kentucky one sitting oh, on yeah. deck. And yeah. uh, got some that. South Dakota in the works from last year, too. Oh, Lord. Well, we can't give away all our secrets because we only got a couple weeks. So hopefully we'll have us some some Florida rolling out here. That's that's our goal. But That's right. Um, I get a lot of questions. I say the most common question about turkey hunting is like for people that don't go turkey hunting, that want to start turkey hunting. And you and I were both there at one time. Like, we both, turkey hunting day one. I mean, I remember the day one. And everybody's like, well, what, you know. It seems like it wasn't that long ago. Well, I probably forgot day two through day before yesterday. But I remember day one. So, I mean, because I, I think that was, uh, that would be now for me, uh, 23 years ago, I started turkey hunting. That's been a minute. Um, and I didn't even, I didn't kill a turkey. I, I, I called in a turkey for my cousin, Matthew, and my dad before I ever killed. I should, my dad shot two that I called before I ever shot a turkey. My first turkey. 20. Well, that's, three. I had never turkey hunted growing up. Matter of fact, my dad didn't kill turkey until a few years after I did. Um, we just, we'd never done that when we were growing up. But, but the, but my advice for anybody that, you know, beginner turkey hunting 101, if you will, first off, you, you do need turkey calls that you know how to use. I, I would highly advise people to go buy the different types of turkey calls and good luck. If you can do it good, if not, don't get hung up on it, but don't throw the mouth call in there first and try to figure that one out. Like, if you want to go turkey hunting tomorrow, get you a, I mean, a, a Backwoods Life logo 
turkey call available at backwoodslife.com would be a great start. Just saying. But this is an easy or call. Or a slate call. That's a good start, too. This The one with our logo on is better, though. It is better. I agree. Yeah. But anyway, with that said, I mean, a slate call or a glass call is, is a great starting point. A box call is almost a full foolproof starting point. But the only thing with a box call is you you may learn to call too loud to start with. That's a bad habit. I, I want to give you a little tip, though, for your box call if you're calling too loud. I know some people are just listening. Some aren't watching our handy-dandy video, but. If you squeeze the side of your box call just a little bit, you'll rob some of the vibration and it won't call near as loud. <laughs> and if you wear headphones, you can't hear what you're doing. Well, I can hear yours, but my noise canceling part kicked in, so I didn't get to hear like the second <laughs> half of it. So, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, it cancels you right out. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have been calling really loud and I wouldn't even know it. But with that being said, like a box call, just you just want that steady yelp like Kevin was just doing, just a yelp, 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 yelp. And and that that's the majority of the time is the sound that a turkey makes, a, a hen turkey makes that a gobbler will get fired up about. When I had the, the glass call a while ago doing those clucks and those purrs, that's your subtle little – Hey, big boy, I'm right over here chilling out, talking sweet to you. And you get them little soft yelps, you know, little tree yelps and stuff like that. And you, you, it's a chess match. That's the best way to put it. And when you're turkey hunting, you're trying to reverse nature. Because if you've ever watched turkeys, especially in a, in a field where you've got a bunch of hens and gobblers out there, those gobblers stand out in the edge of the field, side of the field, and get out there in the middle or whatever, and they stand there and gobble and gobble and gobble on a little high spot or whatever, and those hens come out of the woods, and they come right over there to him, and they do a little circle around him a couple times and lay down, and he might do a circle around her a couple times, and then he breathes her. That's how nature works. And when we're out there sitting by a tree, got a decoy out there, or two or three or four or ten, like Kevin uses, you know, got to have options. But Block. But when you're, when you're setting up like that and you're trying to call and get that gobbler to come to you, you're reversing what he wants to do. He wants to just go over there where he's comfortable in his little safe spot, little strut zone, little look-at-me spot. He wants to gobble and strut, and then them girls come to him. But you're trying to get him to come to you. So it's really about, I think, people in early in turkey hunting, they over-call. And we're, all, we're guilty of over-calling now at 20-something years in the game. Um, but it, it's all about that gobbler's temperature. You know, if he's standing off over there. And, and I, I will say, talking about calling, you know, there are times you do that calling, whether it's a lot or a little, and they come running to you. But even in that 20-something years of turkey hunting, there's times that you call and they still go the other way. Oh, there's no doubt. It's 100% that um, – that gobbler's going to do what he wants to do. No matter how much you call, how good a caller you are, you could have Eddie Salter over there talking as sweet as Eddie's ever made a turkey call sound, and that gobbler still ain't going to come in. That's just because that's not what he wants to do. So it's all about... So don't think that you did something wrong just because he didn't come in there. No. But that's also another thing is a lot of people will sit there and call, and that turkey may gobble, 
And he may be 100 yards away, 200 yards away out there, hung up, as we call it. Just he doesn't want to come anymore. And you check his temperature and you call, he gobbles. You wait a little while, you call, he got, he's in the same spot. They'll get up and leave. And probably after they leave, that gobbler's standing right there where they just left from. That happens a lot. Yeah. Old timer turkey hunter. kills a lot of turkeys. There's no doubt. Uh, old timer turkey hunter told me, he said, if a gobbler ever answers you sometime during that day, He's going to be standing in that spot looking for where you were at. Now, I don't know if that's true, but I think there's a lot of validity there. The problem is sometimes he's already been at that spot and he ain't necessarily coming back. Well, he might come back, but it might be four hours later. I'm not he saying might. he's going to come back. You know, <laughs> and he's going to come back there. You know, if you're, if you're where he lives, he's going to come back sometime. And, and like Kevin said, patience kills probably more turkeys than anything. My dad's a, the, one of the best in the world at just sitting in the woods and doing nothing. So he'll just go sit in a black ground blind where the turkeys are they, – they, they're there between daylight and dark at some point. He'll just wait them out. He'll sit there and call a little bit. And they'll, you know, he kills a bunch of turkeys doing that. I don't have the patience for it. I'd rather be fishing or I got something else to do. I, can, I want them to be fired up, gobbling hot like an old Texas gobbler comes in there to beat up decoys and all that. And we're here in the South, they just, they don't play that script very often. I mean, they do, but it's, it ain't, it ain't like other parts of the country. Yeah, that's, I've killed a lot of turkeys just being patient, but it is a boring process sometimes. But, you know, talking about new turkey hunt, my buddy, Timmy Terry, he took me turkey hunting. I was probably 20 years old. And the first thing he told me was a turkey can see so good that if he could read a newspaper, he could read it at a hundred yards. I think turkey has some and, good LASIK down there. <laughs> and I took that to heart. And that's the thing people don't realize sometimes when they get out there is a turkey can see, in my opinion, way better than even a deer can and they will bust you moving in a heartbeat there's no doubt and most of the time if you're going to go sit somewhere and just be patient like a food plot or you know a ridge in the woods where the turkeys like to stroll around on or something uh we need to be still and i carry a little stake up blind with me um, sometimes we'll sit in our redneck blinds on the ground or you know stuff like that depending on the weather you know but i definitely encourage camouflage and brush to as your advantage because i don't i mean it's almost like sometimes they get so close they they just feel you're there whether you moved or not they they know something's there we've all been there like a gobbler i mean five yards away from you like oh crap there he is right there and then he's that's it he, he knew something was there that wasn't there normally although a turn sensitive to that sometimes as a deer like you can set up a blind on a turkey and they don't really care as long as it's not moving but the, sometimes yeah you're right that sixth sense just kicks in but and that's why we use decoys a lot especially if we're going to sit up and wait and be patient on the bird to come in because when they get fixed on that decoy and, and they get that you know old can of whoop ass opened up and coming in there to beat that jake decoy up or trying to take them hens away it's like when they get locked in that's it it's game over you, you have to go out there and beat them with a stick to get them off i mean that they're 
they're just that focused on what they're doing. Like last year, I shot that bird opening afternoon. Comes right into the decoy. He kind of skirts, makes a little loop around, struts in. I give him a little time, milk the footage, and kill him. And then five more gobblers come running in, jumping on him, and they wouldn't leave. I'm sitting there like, okay, y'all, somebody's fixing to get shot if y'all don't get out of here. I mean, I had three tags, and I was like, hey, you know, the, this, I can't take so much of this as a grown man turkey hunter. And uh, anyway, they finally ease on off. But, you know, with all that being said, that's a prime example. They were so fixed on beating up that decoy and that dead gobbler, they didn't care about anything. I probably could have got up and walked out there halfway to them before they ran off. Excuse me, and that's just that's just turkey hunting. It, it's it's all checking that temperature. When they're fired up, they're fired up, and when they're cold, it's just, you don't make a dang what you do. You should have walked out there. You'd have been like a mailman on a meme with them running out there chasing your. I think I lost you, man. Can you hear me? I can now. You cut out. It just froze up. And- I don't know. Oh, I, I said you should have walked out there. You'd have been look, looked like a mailman in a meme. Wow. They'd have been chasing you around the food plot out there. No, they wouldn't have been chasing me because I had a retain with <laughs> three-inch 12-gauge shells in it. and I had the upper hand. Ain't no doubt about that. So, But anyway, the you know biggest advice for new turkey hunters is practice on your calls. Don't over-call. Don't try to call too loud. Be patient. Um, learn your property. And especially if you've got trail cameras, like we would do use our spy points a lot to locate where the birds come and go, where they roost, where they, you know, different times of the day. So, you know, you can either beat them there and, and wait and see if they, they show up or you know where to go try to hit that call and get one to gobble and, and call them in. So um, scouting and knowing your property is one of the most important tools of turkey hunting. There, there's no doubt. And the good thing about them, most all turkeys that I know about move in the daytime and if you can make one gobble most of the time, you get you in the ball game, and maybe maybe he'll come in and give you a shot. Yeah, I'm pretty thankful that turkeys go to roost at night because they're pretty smart boogers. If they moved all night like deer, we may not have near as much luck. No, if they moved at night, you'd never kill one. And I, I, like you were talking about their eyesight a while ago, I think they can see what you're thinking most of the time. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're awesome. When it goes, to me, a when a turkey hunt goes perfect, like a gobbler comes in, gobbles, struts, does his thing, and you get him, that's 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 ten out of ten. Doesn't get any better. That's just that. But when turkey hunting's bad and they're not cooperating, there's a fine line between doing that and sitting in the woods looking stupid. Yeah, and we spend a lot of time sitting in the woods looking. I'm gonna say handsome because I don't want to say stupid. No, we look stupid, but. We look good doing it in our retaining <laughs> shotguns and real tree camo and element outdoor clothing, those shameless plugs, three, four, five, and six of the show. <laughs> Top with some Hawk optics looking, styling, and profiling. And by the way, Hawk has these new bino harnesses that I, did you get yours yet? Okay. I'm making sure I did. I'm making sure you got your, I got one too, and I'm ready to strap that dude on this turkey season. Yeah, and they actually have some. A couple models that have come out with, and some of them were so popular they sold out before they ever even got them in. I know we couldn't even order one. My gosh, but that's all right. We got these. We're going. These will work. That the ones I the the other version I like. You had a rangefinder pocket. This one doesn't, but it'll be all right. We'll still 
look good styling in that little old, like an OD green or whatever that they're in. I blend right in with them turkey woods being green this, this spring. So, And that way your binos are always right there, ready to go. Just whoop. All right, put them back. Yeah, like, I mean, we, we've been working with hog a long time, and that's one thing that we've kind of were harping on them all the time. Like, man, y'all got to come out with a bino harness with, with your branding on it because we're wearing these things. Because, I mean, that's the thing. We're trying to protect the investment, you know. I mean, you got a $500, $600 or more pair of binoculars around your neck. I mean, dude, climbing up in a lock-on or whatever, I beat them things up. You know, Big Mike, he drops them out of every ladder stand he ever sits in. So I'm going to make him strap them things on so that uh, I don't have to keep buying him new binoculars. Yeah, he, he needs a, a roll of bubble wrap and a new hog bino harness. He needs a, he just needs a bubble. We'll keep him walking around the woods. Yeah. He don't tear everything up. But <laughs> anyway, well, man, I think um, people are probably tired of hearing us talk about turkey hunting. So we'll we'll wrap this thing up. And um, everybody, y'all check us out at backwoodslife.com if you hadn't already. Of course, if you're listening to this, you probably saw it on some social media outlet or iTunes or google play or iheart or podbean or the list goes on and on facebook whatever i mean we're all all over the place so y'all check us out hop over there in backwoods store and get you one of these one more time shameless plug for backwoods life logo turkey calls these do sound really good they're not just a gimmick crap call these things are the real deal that's high-end quality that's right high-end glass and high-end wood High end call makers, so and and collectible. <laughs> if you're into that kind of stuff, <laughs> I guess. I'd go hunting with it before I collected it. So that's just my two cents on it. So anyway, uh episode forty seven's coming up. I'm trying to knock down a time with our buddy John Tate actually to record a podcast, uh, talk about his career. He was a real tree forever, went out and has his own production company now, produces drops on TV. Um, I think he'd be a great guy to have on here. So we, we've been playing text tag and phone tag. I know he's been, uh, they did a youth hunt in Florida last week. So he's been, he's been tied up with that and just got the strip master championship coming up that we're going to and, uh, get him to talk about that. some. so maybe he'll be our next guest on there. And we will. It'll be a good time. He's good people. That's right. Ain't no doubt. So appreciate all y'all listening. And, um, you know, turkey season's here. I got to get Kevin out there to walk him around the woods and call me in a turkey to let me shoot one. Yeah, come on, Uncle Mike. (laughs) Well, I lost Kevin. Let's go. My internet's tired. I can't help it. My internet's tired. You ain't been working that hard. You ain't been working it that hard to make it tired. But <laughs> you are down there in nowhere, Florida. They ship it in in FedEx boxes, I think. So, all right. Y'all be good. We'll catch you next week, next time, whenever we do this thing again. Uh, good luck out there, turkey hunting. Be safe. Find some sheds. And if you find more than five in Georgia, you call us and send us a picture because that that'll be a, another record. We'll put you in the Shed Hunting Hall of Fame, South Georgia. Woo! (laughs) Thank you all for listening. We appreciate everybody that follows along and listens to us on this podcast. This wouldn't be possible without all you out there live the backwoods life. Thanks, y'all.